Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. All right, we're back with a real guest this week, so no messing around. Let's dive right into it. CJ Thomas is the founder of Wonder Tree Media, a creative content studio producing video for life-changing brands. CJ, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Chris. Stoked to be here. Yeah, so I want to tell the listeners before we get started, if they want to see a LinkedIn profile done really well, they should go look at yours. <laughs> really well written. I appreciate and that. Yeah, today we're going to talk about video strategy in general. And then more specifically about video for biotech startups and how that can and should fit into their marketing strategies. So first of all, video is continuing to grow in popularity, right? It is. Yeah, I think, um, I I mean, you don't have to look too far to see these articles, whether it's, you know, on marketing blogs or, you know, ad age or anything like that, that talk about how important video is and I think the common headline is that video is the marketing medium and every year it's, I mean, we're here January, 2019. It's funny. I feel like every year you see these headlines that say, this is the year of video, like video needs to be a part of your marketing. So I think, you know, at least on my end, it's, it's from what I've noticed, it's no secret that businesses should be using video and it's no secret whether it's life science or whatever industry we're talking about that video should be a part of the marketing strategy. I think with that being said, then it becomes a question of, okay, how do we use it properly though? You know, it's not enough just to get a video up, call it good and, and we're happy, move on. We'll see results. You know, there's a lot of factors I think that go into creating a video that actually will lead to ROI or whatever the desired outcome is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. I mean, uh, you might create one great video, but if it's not doing the right thing, then you're not going to get the results you want. So how do you advise clients on strategy based on their different objectives and guide them to the right thinking around what kind of videos, how many, what the content is and so on? The it's it's sort of a cliche, but it really does start at getting clear on the objective, which um, which actually, when it comes to video, is often overlooked. When we look at video marketing and just producing video content in general, a lot of brands tend to think that you know if if we just create a video about us or about our products or about what we do, and we put that up, that's going to be the catch-all piece of content. And the reality is that any, every business objective is going to call for a different type of video. And the more we can get clear on what is that outcome that we want to happen, the better we can inform the actual creative and the type of video or the type of campaign that we'll produce. For example, if a brand comes and they want to build more awareness and they want to reach a larger, larger audience, then and they're coming and saying well we want to produce something that's about our team or our products that might not be the best place to start because until you've already built that audience and you have their attention and their engagement 
it, there's no reason for them to care about your product or your, your team or your service or whatever it is. So in that case, we might think about creating some videos that are purely just adding value to the audience or entertainment or kind of resonating with what their concerns or their challenges are. So it really starts with saying, what is the outcome we want to achieve and then who are we speaking to about this, right? We all know the importance of understanding the audience when it comes to marketing. So that's equally as true when you're looking specifically at video as well. I'm going to throw it out there for the audience. Look, I have recently um, spent a lot of time on YouTube and not necessarily on a vendor site. But when you're talking about just value added to the customer type of content, I have been looking for a camera and then other accessories for a camera. And I cannot tell you how many videos I have watched on YouTube to gather that information. And, and that was all free, valuable content. And none of it actually came from the vendor, but that doesn't mean the vendor couldn't have done it. I mean, certainly they have their own videos, but they also have, they're fortunate to have uh, influencers who, create a lot of interesting content with their equipment that helps sell it. But um, so that's one example. But on the other end of the spectrum, I see companies throw up any video they have on YouTube because they made one. And of course, sometimes that's just where they want to host it. So they can link or whatever, but not much thought to titles and descriptions. They just throw it up so they can embed it on their own site and they're missing the search uh, benefits of having it on YouTube and having a, accurate title and description that filled with the right keywords and so on. What, when you're going to YouTube, if you're going to put videos on YouTube, what kind of videos make sense? That's a long way to getting around to that. Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, obviously YouTube's a very attractive platform. It is the second largest search engine in the world right now. Um, but a big piece of it, like you said, a lot of companies are just, you know, let's repurpose our videos and post them to, to YouTube and, and hopefully that'll catch some traffic. And while, of course, it is a great practice to, you know, any videos you create, you might as well put up on YouTube. I'm a huge fan of promoting everything cross-channel and really getting as much exposure as possible. When you look at the main purpose on YouTube, especially for brands being building an audience and really catching that search traffic, you it's it's looking at what is working on YouTube. And as you mentioned, you know, you looking for your this camera, you're probably not watching videos that are specifically about a certain type of camera from that company. You're looking at videos that might be showing you what to look for or um, doing product reviews and comparisons. So really on YouTube, what tends to be most impactful is if you focus on content that is either entertaining, educational, or inspirational. And I think when it comes to the context of business, uh, the educational tends to be one of the most common ways to go about it, uh, whether it's tips or, you know, even a lot of brands and companies now are looking at content marketing and they're producing blog posts. Well, if you have a member of your team who's comfortable on camera and can deliver that po uh, blog post in a video form as well, then that's something that can be really powerful on YouTube. But it is also, there are also the optimization factors of ensuring that you have proper keyword research and 
include that in your description and title tags. So, I mean, simply it's really just deciding what is it that your audience is, is in search of? What are they actually searching for? Um, and then using those kind of key terms within your content, making sure that it's actually adding value. I think a lot of times it can be this, you know, here's three reasons why you need to do this, which is really kind of a secretive way of us saying buy our products. Like that doesn't really work out so well. So it really needs to be something that's valuable to them, whether or not they buy your product. And then, um, and then of course, optimizing, including that in description. Um, the title and the tags, those are kind of the three big ones. Um, but there are some other elements and I think it's, it's pretty easy to kind of do a little bit of research and find out what actually really affects your ranking on YouTube. It's not quite as complex as Google, but there are some similarities um, and, and some key things that can be done to kind of help you rank a little bit higher on the, on the YouTube uh, pages. What I really like there, um, you mentioned a few things. The first one being education, in, in, um, sorry, <laughs> education, entertainment, or inspiration. And in the podcast world, they, we use the same three phrases to describe what makes a successful podcast. And ideally, um, at least two of those, if, if possible. And if you've got all three, great. Um, and I like that you mentioned a simple thing where if you had someone who is comfortable in front of a camera to do essentially a video blog or a vlog around your something around your company that would provide value to people. Again, it doesn't help your brand to be sneakily promoting your product. It has to be actual value. So some of the examples of my camera search, I'm watching videos now, I bought the camera. I'm watching, how do I use this thing better? How, you know, tricks to make this thing work better, tricks for video, tricks for low light, tricks for anything you can imagine. And I'm, I'm kind of hooked on that. And that's just brand loyalty there, right? Even though I've already bought it, it it's kind of imprinting the brand on my brain. And the other thing I like about that idea is I'm guessing that you might help someone Obviously, you're not coming out to film a blog every every week that a company wants to do that. There's a simple way that they can get set up to be able to create that kind of quick um, educational content on their own. When it comes to creating content, it's really a long-term play. So it's, it's not just, you know, we're going to create these three or four videos and that's going to help us. Um, it can, I mean, there are certainly cases where, you know, one video makes all the difference and you, and you see some real traction from that. But when it comes to getting the most benefits out of content marketing, aside from ensuring that you're really just creating things that are of value to the audience, uh, it, it also comes down to just consistency and frequency. So giving them a schedule where your audience can expect things on a regular basis and, and that you're creating things um, on, on a consistent you know, uh, a basis and getting a good amount of content out there, um, that's going to help build that brand authority. But you know, with that, that becomes a thing where you got to look at how do you lower that barrier of entry or that kind of... Um, required effort. So when we're working with clients, a lot of times 
the the actual videos that we produce are a little bit more of kind of those higher end, whether it's brand promotional pieces or product release or kind of story driven videos that are kind of evergreen or for bigger campaigns. But when it comes to consistent content, a lot of times we're just kind of consulting on the actual, you know, how do you figure out what you talk about? How do we implement it? And then when it comes to the actual production, there are ways to do it, whether it's, you know, as simple as getting your own little studio set up in your office or, you know, finding someone who might be a little bit more of like an entry level filmmaker who can just kind of get those basics of getting a quality video for you that might not be the most sexy video but a lot of times on youtube it doesn't necessarily have to be it just has to be really great content so um, really focusing on that frequency and just making it as easy as possible and and part of the workflow i was actually speaking with uh, a client today on the phone and, and we were talking about content strategy and i told them that you know right now because they're really busy right now and they're looking at you know, facing a little bit of a slower time. And they're like, well, hey, this is when we want to get content marketing going. And I actually suggested, well, let's try to get the systems and get everything going now while you're busy. Because what happens is if you start content marketing while you're a little bit slower or while, say, you're revving up for a launch or new development, um, it's easy to get going then. And then when things get busy, it's like, okay, we don't have time for this anymore. Like, that was fun, but we're busy now. We don't need to do this anymore. But if you can really keep it going consistently, no matter kind of what phase your business is in, that's when you'll start to see those long-term benefits start to build. Yes, that is music to my ears as a content marketer. I mean, that's why this podcast comes out every other week for the last four years. And um, it is definitely a long-term game. And I can't emphasize enough, as you say, you've got to be ready ahead of time and just getting in the groove of making that content when there is no immediate pressure will make it you you'll find the pace where you can reliably create content on a schedule and keep it up and and you'll see the value and make sure that you do keep it up when you get busy around a launch definitely yep um all right so let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about because you mentioned this small biotech companies imagine a small biotech is pre-revenue they're not selling products yet they're just you know, they're at that stage of their business. It's an entirely different business than many others. What's the opportunity there for using video? As a video agency, you know, we work with a lot of life science companies and a lot of them are startups. And for the startup, when you're talking biotech, of course, we're looking at pre-revenue, right? They're not necessarily commercial yet. They don't have FDA approval, so there's no revenue in. So a lot of times I think, um, these startups can kind of slide into that mode of purely focusing on, say, raising capital, bringing in talent, and R&D, which I think is great. Obviously, those are very key, uh, key things to focus on pre-revenue. But I think when you look at other industries, whether it's consumer products or lifestyle brands, one thing that they tend to do right, or at least the ones that are successful, is they focus on marketing out at the get-go. Marketing should be a part of the conversation from the very first stage, from pro, you know, early product development, because marketing can really inform product development and vice versa. 
and really understanding your audience. And the more you kind of market and see results, whether it's, you know, even marketing proof of concepts or things like that, you can get more of an understanding and more data around your audience and what they really desire or what their challenges are um, and kind of find that place of differentiation that can inform and ultimately lead to a better product. And also, I mean, really start to build those systems again so that way when you are launching you are commercial it's not okay now how do we market this we kind of already have these steps in in play and there's that foundation built from the from the onset right it's a nice it's a communication channel that goes both ways right i mean you create a video and you put it out there you get feedback on it you're telling stories so people are attracted to your business and they want to learn more and they can't help at some point a conversation a real conversation is going to be started by this thing and people are going to start giving your feedback oh i love what you're doing there oh i wish it had this or i wish it had that right Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think the other key point here, though, for pre-revenue is that one of the biggest things is video specifically is not just a marketing tool. So we've worked with a number of startups where we'll actually create videos for them as a tool for raising capital. So I've actually had a client who um, they had a they have a med device and they came to us we produced just a couple short videos that were um you know from their trials where they the product is actually being used the device is being used and we're showing the real-time results proving that it works and they're actually using that in their pitches to investors and it's it's really helping out i actually had a conversation recently with the ceo and he was telling me you know our our first round because this was their i believe their series a round and they were telling me that their first round their seed round they would talk to these investors and show charts graphs statistics and no matter what they threw at the investors they'd be met with skepticism but when they show this short, you know, one to two minute video that's showing their device being used and showing that it actually works, uh, by, by that time, the investors, they're hooked. They believe in the product. And so, I mean, that's just one example of how video can be used aside from just marketing, but as a tool specifically for biotech um, and life science brands to help them kind of get ahead and get the edge. Of course, there are some technical considerations when it comes to introducing video in a pitch to investors. There's some risk there and you definitely want to make sure your technology is dialed in. You don't want any hiccups there, but um, that's certainly achievable and something that might make sense for certain companies. But I mean, even just for purely just recruiting top talent, we've used videos for things like that. So um, like I said, I mean, it's really not just a marketing tool. Video can be used for so many things on so many different scales. Yeah. And, and I think people should keep in mind that, yeah, if you're shooting even a product video or you're getting ready to make this marketing video or an investor video that a lot of the expense that goes to you is just showing up with all your gear, right? And you're you're on site and maybe there's idle time between shots and but shoot something, right? And and then think about all the other ways you're gonna be able to use it down the road, whether it's B roll or A roll and 
um, recruiting and all those other things, that's, you can get a lot out of it for the time you're spending on site. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of repurposing content. Um, again, as long as though we're always keeping in mind our North star, that outcome that we're looking to drive, but, um, you know, once we're in there and we're actually creating content, however, we can repurpose it to ensure that, you know, we're getting the most bang for the buck and, and getting the most results for the clients. Uh, I'm always a fan of looking at that. All right. Let's talk about um, storytelling. So do you have some examples beyond um, what you just did, which is a perfectly good example, but stories that companies should be telling to get their message across and in an effective way. I think our big motto is show, don't tell. That's the power of storytelling is, is being able to show someone what you're trying to convey and not just outright say it. So one of my biggest pet peeves in marketing is when brands, and you see this a lot in the B2B space, um, kind of throw out these broad kind of buzzwords like we're innovative, we're disruptive, we're game changers. And and that's fine. And those are great traits to aspire to. But when you're using that in your marketing materials, whether it's video or, or websites or whatever, it, it doesn't really do much for the audience because for one, we've heard those terms so many times, we're almost numb to them. And, and it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a cliche and, and there's no proof. There's no reason to actually believe that. So that's one example of where I think story is really powerful is instead of saying that you're innovative, try telling a story of a way that you've innovated in your industry or a way you've innovated on your products or something you've actually done that is innovative. And that'll go a lot further. Um, and, and it might feel risky to say, well, we're not outright saying that we're innovative, but that's what we want the audience to know. But the beauty of storytelling is that it's, you know, it's one of the oldest forms of communication and everyone can relate. And that relatability is what we want to strive for. And so being able to kind of really tell a story that supports what you want your audience to understand um, rather than just outright stating it. Uh, really goes a lot deeper. And there's there's science to why that works too. Um, there's science to why people get addicted and go on binges with TV shows. It's because of the story, the story hooks us and it keeps us interested. And that's why it's so important and why storytelling is really such a buzzword right now. You know, going back to even content marketing, people are at an increasing rate. They're cutting the cord, as they say, TV is dropping, um, people are going to Netflix or Hulu and in any way they can really get away from advertising is a big thing. And so one of our big, you know, kind of mental shifts and the thing that we like to look at when we're working with clients is how do we make this video content that we're producing for a brand or product, how do we make that the TV show, not the commercials in between the TV show? So something that's actually interesting and engaging to the audience. And kind of like I said before, it all comes down to understanding your audience and knowing them and knowing what truly matters to them. So, um, you know, far too many businesses, I think, um, and, and I, I don't mean to kind of downplay other companies, like I fall into this pitfall myself sometimes, but I think far too often in business, we tend to talk about ourselves. Here's what here's why we're so great, or here's awards we've won, or what makes our product so awesome. 
And again, there's, there's no reason for the audience to care about that until we establish that reason. And so it's really starting with making the audience the hero of the story and making them the main character and really making sure that our marketing kind of all revolves around the audience and what their needs are. And so, um, I mean, that's kind of a long way to answer your question, but ultimately it's, it's really the stories that show don't tell and are relatable to the audience that, that are most effective to, uh, to brands. Yeah. I don't think we can hammer that home enough. I mean, that certainly has come up previously on the podcast, but, um, it, you can't say it enough um, about, telling a story, people remember those things, they go deeper and it's, it's about putting, making the audience the hero and not yourself. Um, let's wrap up by, you know, we had a previous conversation. We talked about building marketing into the product and really, I mean, not every product can have marketing built in maybe like an iPhone, but making, um, customer experience, starting that customer experience journey, even before the launch, when, for example, uh, biotech is pre-revenue. Talk about that and how video fits into that. You know, obviously marketing should be a part of the conversation early on. And so, um, I mean, for video specifically, some of the ways that video can be useful is, again, proof of concept. So, Sometimes we'll, you know, produce videos for a biotech startup when they're napkin stage. They're, you know, just, you know, we just have an idea that we don't even have a prototype, but we want to get proof of concept. So, you know, creating these videos and taking them to trade shows or, or investor meetings to kind of get that feedback on the concept is really huge. Um, and then there's even more kind of uh, very tactical ninja ways to where if you're creating certain ads and, and you can kind of split test these audiences um, and these creatives to see what people respond to the most. And that can help sort of inform marketing as well. So, I mean, I think it really is just kind of looking holistically at what is the purpose of, of, our, of our business, really? What are we trying to achieve for this audience? And how can we work from the onset to ensure that our communications are aligned um, and further feed into the actual R&D process? Yeah, so it's never, it's never too early to start telling that story and getting that conversation started. And um, I think all of this has been hugely informative. And um, I want to recommend people um, visit your site. Can I put a link in the show notes? Where should people go to find out more about you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the website is a great place, just wondertreemedia.com. And then if people want to actually click over to the insights tab, that's actually our blog. And there's a lot more that kind of dives into um, being able to create content or look at how you can create more effective marketing messaging, whether it's a biotech or really any sort of business. There's a lot of really great video and blog content in there. And um, just one thing I want to mention too, as well, for brands and businesses that are starting to look at actually producing video, whether doing it themselves or, um, or hiring a firm is just understanding that 
you know, kind of like we started in the beginning, it's not enough just to produce a video. It's really about understanding what is the video about. So for us, 80% of the work is really before we even touch a camera. It's getting crystal clear on the messaging and ensuring that that's aligned with the strategy. And so um, just one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to businesses who are looking to hire a team or kind of create video content is, you know, doing the proper vetting and making sure that somebody is in charge of, um, of, of helping out with that. So we're not just hiring, say, uh, videographers or a video team who know, who understand lights and cameras, which is amazing and can get you high quality content, but ensuring that there's that messaging component as well that's accounted for. Yeah. Great advice. Well, CJ Thomas, thank you so much for spending the time with me today. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed the conversation. All right. A lot of good advice in there. It's never too early to start marketing. Video can be hugely valuable, but be sure to put some thought into it. And my favorite, the time to start content marketing is now. Waiting until you are not busy means that when you do get busy, you're probably going to quit. So figure out how you can make it work and get going. If you like the show, tell your colleagues preferably two or more. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks.